Good morning and welcome to St. Patrick Parish and Oratory on this great feast day of May 11th, Saints Philip and James. Today's Mass is being offered for the Prior General of the Institute of Christ the King Sovereign Priest, my religious order. And uh, the Prior General's name is our founder, Monsignor Gilles Bach. And he has been praying for all of us as uh, we continue with this pandemic crisis. If you are not able to find the Mass translation of Saints Philip and James, it is probably because you might have an older Missal, and so the former, uh, the former position of this feast used to be on May 1st, and then it was moved to May 11th, and that is why it was moved, because when Pope Pius XII had instituted the new feast of St. Joseph the Workman, he placed it on the 1st of May, thus displacing the ancient feast of Saints Philip and James to May 11th. And thank you again for your attention and your piety and your prayers, and especially your support, both spiritually and temporally, for our apostolate here at St. Patrick Parish Oratory. We do thank you also for coming on live stream to daily Mass at 6.30 a.m. And please know that we try to do this uh, for as much as we can. I'm not sure if we will be able to perpetually do it, but at least we can do this during this time when public Masses are canceled for the time being. And there is still light at the end of the tunnel, so let us pray and hope and ask the Holy Ghost to guide our Holy Mother Church to implement then procedures that will help us gradually open our church again. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, Amen. For the past several days, we have been developing a, more, a better understanding on the Catechism of Prayer. And now we will use this week to speak about the most important prayers that we ought to know and memorize. And of course, the greatest of these uh, are going to be, we will discuss them during this week. So the first one that is an, a prayer par excellence is what we call the Paternoster, the Our Father. <clears throat> So the Our Father is also co called the Lord's Prayer because it was taught to the apostles by our Savior himself. For the exact text of Our Father, we can look to Scripture on Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, and Luke chapter 11, verse 2. The Lord's Prayer bears unmistakable evidence that it, is, it was composed by God himself. There is no better or no holier prayer. No one, no matter to what, what uh, religion be, he belongs, he can find, can find no fault with it. Actually, it fits the needs of all. And that is why everyone can pray the Our Father. 
the Our Father is complete, for it includes all that we can and should, as children of God, ask for in time and eternity, for body and soul, for ourselves and, our, and others. Everything for which we might possibly ask is contained in all fullness in the Lord's Prayer. If you should examine all the great prayers that have ever been written, you, sh- you would not find in any of them anything that had not already been included in the petitions of the Pater Noster, the Our Father. The Lord's Prayer is a resume of the Gospels. In the Our Father, we not only ask God for that which is good for us, but we also observe the right order in the petitions. The Our Father consists of a preface, beginning part, seven petitions, and the Amen. The preface, Our Father who art in heaven, places the soul in the right disposition for prayer and raises our thoughts to God. The word Father arouses confidence in God. The words who art in heaven raises our minds and hearts to our Lord. At the beginning of the Our Father, we awaken acts of faith, hope, and charity. We call God Father because He created us, because the Son of God became our brother by the Incarnation, and because at baptism the Holy Ghost took up His abode within us and made us children of God. We call God our Father because we are all brothers. Therefore, we ought to pray for one another. We say, who art in heaven? Because although God is everywhere present, His throne is in heaven, and only there is He beheld face to face. By these words, we distinguish the true God from the gods of the heathens, who, according to their beliefs, dwelt in pictures, statues, animals, or even in trees. And especially with this false pagan idol worship of the Pachamama that has been, been, uh, been popular during these past months, we know that we must reject them outright as they are not even symbols of holiness. They are those that were created for the worship of false gods. In the first petition, when we say, Hallowed be thy name, we pray that God may be glorified. Hallowed be thy name. To give glory to God is the end of creation. And consequently, it is the highest aim of every creature. In this petition, we acknowledge God's majesty and we revere Him. And that is why, dear faithful, when we speak in ordinary and, uh, uh, and ordinary conversations with people, let us not use the Lord's name vainly, 
in vain or to blaspheme his name or to just say, oh my God, for example, except when we pray because it is a misuse of the great Almighty Father's name and we should only invoke his name whenever we need to in holy prayer, in adoration, in confession, in praising him. And so the next three petitions, we ask God for three important things. Eternal salvation, grace to fulfill his divine will, and those things which are indispensable for our daily life. So the second petition of the Our Father is called Thy Kingdom Come. Asks for eternal life after death. The word kingdom may be explained in the following sense. The kingdom of God is above us. The kingdom of God is around us, which is the Catholic Church. And the kingdom of God is in us, sanctifying grace. So these three, the kingdom of God is above us, of course, in heaven, the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of God around us, which is the Catholic Church, and the kingdom of God within us, sanctifying grace. The third petition, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, asks for the grace to fulfill God's will on earth as the angels do in heaven. The fourth petition, give us this day our daily bread, asks for all that is necessary for life here below, such as food, clothing, money, and health. And of course, the super substantial bread of heaven, which is in the Eucharist that we can partake each and every day. And hopefully we will be able to partake of this great sacrament of the Eucharist publicly very soon. So in the next three petitions, we pray that we may be delivered from evil, the evil of sin, of temptation, and of everything that is prejudicial of to life. The fifth petition we call, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us, means that we ask God to forgive us our sins in the measure that we forgive those who sin against us. In effect, we tell God to forgive us our sins only in that degree to which we have forgiven our neighbors. And therefore, dear faithful, let us eliminate any type of vengeful thoughts, of grudgeful thoughts, because that does not help the justice of God. The sixth petition, lead us not into temptation. Ask God to deliver us from those temptations to which we would succumb. A strong man is easily able to lift weights which a child cannot even budge. Similarly, when God aids a man, that man is able to withstand temptations to which otherwise he would almost inevitably yield to. So in this petition, we do not ask that we be delivered from all temptations, for without temptations, no one can expect eternal reward. So therefore, that is why we have temptations that come 
into our lives as obstacles. And these, of course, are obstacles that we can overcome with the grace of God. If, if we examine our life and we claim that we have no temptations at all, then there must be something wrong there. And indeed, it would not be trying for us because there is no opportunity to overcome that with good virtues, with the practice. Imagine, remember, virtue relies on the strength of God and the strength of man. First, the grace to, to commit that to that virtue and man's act to, to accomplish it. And just like the muscle, the more we accomplish a virtuous act, the better we're disposed to that and the more, and the more second nature becomes to us. You see, for example, if we have been not generous with our lives to others, for example, and we start examining our life saying, well, maybe I should be more generous this time. And so those first acts of generosity might be hurtful or might be painful because we are not used to that. But the more we act upon it, the more then it becomes second nature as long as we are disposed to do that. And so with our powers, our human powers, along with God's guidance and grace, we can then continue to be virtuous. And so, for example, when we are tempted, especially in this petition, lead us not into temptation, we ask our Lord that whatever temptations may come, we may be able then to overcome them with God's grace, but especially with all the virtues that we have been practicing, you see. So the seventh petition, deliver us from evil. Ask God to avert from us everything that is injurious to our bodily welfare, such as famine, the plague, pestilence, war, this coronavirus, and all occasions of sin and iniquity. And the word Amen means may it be so. St. Jerome in his commentary on St. Matthew rightly calls this word what it really is. The seal, the seal of our Lord's prayer. And therefore, dear faithful, if we have been praying the Our Father, especially in the rosary beads that we pray every day, maybe this will help us refresh all of those seven petitions that we invoke in the Our Father and that we do not rush them. And what greater prayer we can use to reunite our families whenever we're in need to glorify God's name and to acknowledge his presence among us and to ask these seven petitions which are truly, truly helpful in our daily struggles and our lives. And there are so many other saints that have commented on the many petitions of the Our Father. And I encourage you, if you want to, to increase then our knowledge of this richness of faith that we have in the Catholic Church, this richness like no other in any other place as we contain the fullness of the revelations of God and the magisterium that has been passed down from us from Christ our Lord and his apostles. We know that indeed the true church is the Catholic Church with all that is sacred, with all that is true. And we as sinners, members of this body of Christ, we try ourselves to perfect ourselves 
through the sanctification of the sacraments through the Catholic Church. And uh, since our Lord established our Catholic Church, especially with St. Peter as the first vicar of Christ, up to nowadays with the Holy Father, we continue then with this Our Father, which helps us sustain our daily lives. And may it also find us comfort as we continue to pray this sacred prayer, as we continue with this uncertain time, and that may it give us strength and courage to continue and persevere in much patience. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.